the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We don't have the mind of God. We can't answer it definitively, but we can assume from what we know that God's willingness to let the enemy challenge Job was simply this. He knew that in the challenge of Job, ultimately, the presence of God would be revealed. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Why would we think our past experiences is enough to satisfy a holy God? Why would we not recognize that living for him today is the way? When you talk about spiritual things, are you talking in the past tense or are you talking in the present tense? Nearly every week our our staff gathers around a table and one of the questions that we often ask and answer is, What is God showing you today? And frankly, some of the tense moments are then when I press a little harder. And I say, no, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, what is he showing you from his word that you've read this week? Don't give me some emotional feeling, some experience. Tell me what the living God has told you through his living word as you've read it in recent days. That should be something every one of us as followers of Christ should do. How can we profess to be a disciple of Christ if his word is not living and acting in us this day, this week, right now? I really don't think it's about the music. In fact, I think it's insulting to a younger generation to think if we change our clothes or play louder drums that they're going to come and worship a holy God. But I do think people young and old get that something's not right when we stand week after week after week and we sing songs that say we have victory in Jesus and yet we look as if we've died and already gone to hell. I go back to where we started. How can we sing, he still moves mountains, if we don't believe it? Job began to think it was all about him instead of all about God. In chapter 30 and verse 1, he says, but now they laugh at me. The men who are younger than I, whose fathers I would have disdained to set with the dogs of my flock. So he's getting a little snotty. He really is. And that's what happens. We get bitter. We get to a place, we not only are upset about how we're feeling, we reflect it on everybody else. 
and we think we're better. Now, now the people that I'm better than, they're making fun of me. Verse 16, he says, my soul is poured out within me. The days of affliction have taken hold of me. Verse 30, did I not weep for him whose day was hard? Was my soul not grieved for the needy? But when I hoped for good, evil came. When I waited, darkness came. My inward parts are in turmoil. Uh, days of affliction come, come to meet me. I go about darkened. Chapter 31, verse 1, I have made a covenant with my eyes that I could not gaze at a virgin. Chapter, verse 5, 31, if I had walked with falsehood, my foot has hasten to deceit. Chapter 31, verse seven, in my step has turned aside from, from the way and my heart has gone after my eyes. If any spot is struck to my hands, verse 29, if I have rejoiced at the ruin of him who hated me, it's a I, 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 me, me, me song. And that's what we do. We get self-righteous and we thumb our nose to God and say, but God, don't you know what I've done? But I've been faithful, but I gave in the offering, but I didn't sleep with my girlfriend. And then think about Job compared to you and me. I guess that's what got me early this morning. I'm pretty confident God's not looking at me saying, consider my servant, Paul. He's holy and blameless. He fears me and he shuns evil. Because I look in the mirror, I know where I blow it. And yet Job, who was pretty tough stuff, still got cattywopped. He got sideways. He's referring to great things about his life. It's not to those things that made him great in God's eyes, though. God knew Job's strengths and he knew his weaknesses more than anyone. It was Job's pure and holy heart that impressed God. Job had lived with the holy reverence of who God was and what that meant. But now he had been consumed with who he was and what that meant. When the tables get turned like that, our lives are in trouble. When our focus moves from who God is and all that that means to who we are and what we deserve. God desires our acts of holiness, but those acts are not the end. It's the attitudes of holiness that is the end. Let me see if I can illustrate this. My wife expects me to be faithful to her. And rightly so. But that faithfulness should never become the end of my relationship with her. My love in the moment should be what my relationship is about. Not I've got some goal that if I just get to the end and have accomplished that goal, it would be okay. But that in the moment, I love her. God expects you to study his word, but that's not the end of your relationship with him. The end is holiness. God expects you to gather, forsake not the gathering of yourself together. He expects you to come to the church and worship corporately, but that worship is not the end of your relationship with him. Holiness is the end. God expects when we come to a time of giving, whether you do it online or or whether you do it from a computer terminal or, or whether you do it in the offering place, he expects that you give back. Generosity is a reflection of who God is, but that giving is not the end. It's holiness that is the end. God expects you to live a moral and an honest life. 
But that list of do's and don'ts is never the end. It's that attitude of holiness that is the end. God expects you to take care of your temple, the, 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 your body, the temple of God. But that's not the end. It's an attitude of holiness that is the end. It's that being versus doing. Chambers goes on to say, what men call the process, God calls the end. If you can stay in the midst of the turmoil, unperplexed and calm because you see Jesus, that's God's purpose in your life. Not that you may be able to say, I've done this and that, and and now it's all right. God's purpose is for you that you depend on him and his power now. That's why Paul says in Romans 12, I I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I, I present to you, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices. I'm not so concerned of what you bring to the altar and leave at the altar. I want you to put yourself on the altar and say, God, I've raised the white flag. It's me that I give up to you. It's me that I surrender. If I'm going to pursue holiness, I have to recognize it begins in my heart. It's not the externals, it's the internals. It's not about rules and regulations, about do's and don'ts. It's about a relationship with complete dedication and devotion to God. How do I do that? That true dedication only comes through identification. I identify with the one who created me in his image. I identify with the one who knows he is God. And I begin to understand his desire and reflect his image. That's why in, in verse 2, Paul goes on to say in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Holiness means that we have been transformed, and so the world begins to look at us differently because we begin to look like him. I remember as a child, I enjoyed the holidays because I I did something that we only did once a year. I'm not sure why, but once a year, usually December 26th or 27th. Sometimes just the first Saturday after Christmas. We would go hang out with my dad's family. We hung out with my mom's family all the time. They lived close by and we were there every weekend. Once a year, we'd go hang out with my dad's family. And I I remember as a child seeing my dad and his brothers. Now, my dad, even as a child, was my hero. And I remember seeing my dad and his brothers. And I remember as a child being startled. Because these men, they laughed the same way. They talked the same way. They had the same twang. Some of the same mannerisms. They even looked a little alike. They were my father's family. God is saying, when you understand you're created in your father's image, you cannot be content unless you begin to look like him. And he says in Romans 8, 29, that those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among believers. 
See, holiness is something God gives us. It's not something we achieve. God's given you the ability to be holy. You don't have to earn or deserve that on your own. It's an attribute that expresses the essence of who God is. That's why it says, be holy for I am holy. It's not that you be holy so that you can say, I've checked off some list of regulations, but you're holy and as a result, others see him in you. And that's a question I would ask to you today. Do others see him in you? The, the very essence of what Job was going through. Why did God do it? Well, we don't have the mind of God. We can't answer it definitively, but we can assume from what we know that God's willingness to let the enemy challenge Job was simply this. He knew that in the challenge of Job, ultimately the presence of God would be revealed. And could it be that whatever you're going through, whatever the storm you're facing, God is allowing so that your family, so that your friends, so that your coworkers, so that your classmates, so that the people that are sitting on the pews with you, so that the people around you in your little corner of the world might see, oh, there is a God and he is different. He's set apart because only a holy God could allow someone to walk through this in the way that they are. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at missionhillchurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at missionhillchurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. How, how do you get there? Well, that brings us back to Job 38. And I don't want to scare you, but that was the introduction. <laughs> Look at verse 1. <laughs> the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? In other words, I've heard a lot of babbling. Who are you again? Dress like action, like a man, for man, for action, like a man. I will question you, and you can let me know. And he begins with an easy one. <clears throat> Job. Promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help you me. All right, Job, where were you when I made everything you see? And he could have stopped there. But then he asked 76 more questions. He's reminding Job how great he is. God wants you to see him in all of his greatness, in your suffering in your trial, in the testing times of life, in the things you don't understand, in your burdens, in your sorrows, in your griefs. He wants you to see him in all of his greatness. He's saying Job ought to think about God's capability, the kinds of things God deals with. 
It's not pop psychology. Pop psychology teaches like the movie Bruce Almighty, where Jim Carrey becomes God for a day and he realizes how hard it is to be God. That's not what God's saying. God's saying, I got this under control, big boy. Don't you understand what I've done, who I am, and how it all works? He's saying, Job, if you could just begin to grasp the immense creation that I capably manage, you'd realize my way is bigger and smarter and better than your way. He's saying, perhaps I know what I'm doing. And that's what you've just got to resolve today. Could it be that God knows what he's doing? John Piper divides this up. I just want to give you some of this. He says in verses four through seven, God focuses on the earth. He says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? He's saying, you weren't there, Job, and you don't know how I did it. In verses eight through 11, he focuses on the sea and he says, who shut the sea with the doors? I've had the privilege just this year to see the Gulf Coast, to see the East Coast. I've seen the Caribbean Sea. I've seen the Gulf of Mexico. I've seen the sea in Istanbul, Turkey. I've seen the sea around Dubai. And God's saying, where, where were you when it burst forth from the womb? It was I, Job, that set the limits. You weren't there. And you don't know anything about it, do you? In verses 12 through 15, he focuses on the dawn and says, have you commanded the morning since you da- your, your days? Are you the one that makes the sun come up in the morning, Job? Is that you? You never did it. You can't do it. You don't know how to do it. I've always done it and I always will do it. In verses 16 through 18, he focuses on the depth and the breadth of the sea and the land. He says, Job, have you ever been to the bottom of the ocean? You know anything about the sea monsters? Have you been around the world? Do you know, you think you know enough to argue with God? And then in Chapter 40 and verse 9 and 10, he says, have you an arm like God that you can cause thunder? <laughs> and that, that's one of the places we get the idea of thunder clapping. Job, do, do you know that just with my touch, I change creation? So then... When I think about that, and and then I sing the splendor of the king, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice. All the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light and and darkness tries to hide and it trembles at his voice. It, It trembles at his voice. And age to age he stands and time is in his hand from beginning and the end. The Godhead, three in one, the Father, Spirit, and Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the name above the na- all names. How great is our God? Do you see God in all of his greatness? When we see how great he is and live in the evidence of the awareness of our life, to please him then we begin to have a positive impact on the world. When we see how great he is, we praise him, which leads to worship of him, which leads us to honor him with our life, which exalts him. And God says, when we exalt him, he takes care of the rest. When we lift him up, he'll draw everybody to him.
It's not your job to save the world. But it is your job as a follower of Christ, as a disciple of the Lord Jesus. It's your job to so demonstrate the greatness of your God that when the lost world looks at you, they must say, how great is your God? So we have to decide like Job, will we submit to him in all of his greatness? Have you ever been camping? Have you ever been out like way away? When I was in high school, I I worked at a a boys camp and and one of the things we did was we would do a thing called trip camp and part of that is we would take guys out and we'd be on a trail for a couple weeks at a time and and then one of the days they would go off by themselves. I had done that as a younger young man and so we were, we were leading them to do that. And I remember that time where it's just me and God. <laughs> maybe you've seen it in a, a deer stand. Maybe you've seen it on a, a lake fishing. But maybe you've been out camping and you look up and, and you see the stars in the heaven that are endless. I can remember pulling over the road on a dark night about midnight in Jordan. And having a missionary say, If you look real closely, you can see the Milky Way. When you have those moments where you stop and recognize how great God is, you you can't do that without then determining, am I going to submit to God and his greatness? Where I say, God, I, I recognize how great you are and all that that means. I'm yours. In light of who you are, my yes is on the table. Charles Spurgeon says, if you desire Christ for a perpetual guest, give him all the keys of your heart. Let not one cabinet be locked up from him. Give him the range of every room and the key of every chamber. Pursue him. And holiness is not an overnight process. It's an ongoing pursuit. So my simple question to you today is, are you pursuing holiness? In light of the storms and in full sight of the storms? Are you pursuing holiness? What if the storms in your life are meant to direct you and your attention to who God is? By the way, that's really the heart of the gospel. Who God is and who we are intersects at the cross. You see, the cross reminds me that apart from Christ, I'm nothing. But by his grace and through his strength, I can do all things. It's the cross of Calvary. What is God saying to you today? Maybe you're in one of those seasons where he's been silent. 
Could it be that in the silence he's simply saying, trust me? Maybe you're in one of those seasons where he's been speaking clearly. Then you have to ask, are you responding to what he's saying? But regardless of where we are, we are all in a season where God's saying, pursue holiness. Submit to me so that others might see my greatness through you. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement, but it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhillchurch.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.